soldiers. Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You want to fight? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, welcome to the Sucker Punch Podcast with Sam and A. And we're going to be breaking down UFC 241, which was ridiculous. It was, I, I, it was, I felt like we said the last card was the be- one of the best ones we've seen. This one definitely yeah. had, f- you know, a couple of candidates for fight of the year. Um, oh, for sure. I didn't get to see the very first fight with Derek Brunson. Um, apparently he won a decision. It was kind of a, a snoozer. Yeah. Like, it was just uh, a Derek Brunson fight. Right, that's heavyweight. No, no, no. I think that's 185 because Derek Brunson, unless he went up and wait, he fought Anderson Silva. Oh, that's right. So that's like yeah. 185. Okay. Well, then what I saw Was looked it? like two heavyweights yeah. that were getting tired. Yeah, I. You know, it's like they they even said Der- Derek Brunson um, lost a bad decision to Anderson Silva, which, you know, I thought was ridiculous. I thought he he just looks. I mean, he's a great athlete and fighter. You know, he deserves to be in the UFC. I'm not, but he looks sloppy to me, ninety percent of the yeah. time. You know, like he look, he's lucky yeah, I mean, to be ranked in the top ten. It, you know it I mean? goes without saying. Well, I mean, that just shows you that it shows you the special beast that it takes to to do well in that. Uh, sorry, I'm looking up. Yeah. Start here. Uh, it just shows you the special beast that it takes, especially in the 185-pound division, just because they're so big and they carry so much power that they can also display, like, an incredible amount, an incre- incredible amount of, like, athleticism, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but Brunson did not. To me, he, he didn't look good. and He fought off, like, an early scare against somebody else that didn't look that great, you know? Yeah. So, you know. That's how the card started. Then we went to Yusef versus Benavidez, which, I mean, that was a great fight, and it only lasted, what, four minutes? Yeah. Yeah, and Gabriel had, or Benavidez had Yusef in trouble, and then out of nowhere, Yusef comes back. It was it was crazy, and uh, ended up knocking him out. I mean, it was so quick, like, I, I missed it. Um, at the yeah. time when we were watching it, but um, that was a great fight, and you know both of those guys looked good. Just ended up one knocking out the other. Like you know when those fights happen, it's like yeah, you lost Benavides, um, 
or it's Benitez, sorry, it's Gabriel Benitez. He lost, but, you know, he had the dude hurt. Yeah. You know, you adjust a few things, and this could be a good rematch down the road somewhere along the way, provided both these guys do really well in their careers coming off of this fight. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, committing sacrilege, but I was going for the Nigerian versus the Mexican in this in this bout. Yeah. But it's only because I, I think I see something a little special in Yusuf. Yeah. You know, he's got that he's got that power and athleticism that for that weight class especially that it to me it looks like that could carry him. And it's yeah. just a matter of maybe getting him into a better camp to, you know, really sharpen up those skills so that he can go as far as he possibly can, you know. And what weight class is that? Is that like a hundred and thirty-five or? Yeah, I think that was one thirty-five. Yeah, they're. But I was wrong about the last one too. So let me let me look it up. Yusuf. But after that, after that fight, because we're we're covering those. That that was it. We could discuss it a little bit. Yusuf looks like he has a bright future, but it's the three main fights. So you had. Yes. Joel Romero and pa- <laughs> Paulo Costa. Um, you had Anthony <laughs> I Pettis. The phone was cutting out. Yeah, no, it's Joel Romero, el millonario. That's it, my. It's even worse after he like wins and he's like sucking in air, you know. Yeah. He sounds just like Cookie Monster, a Brazilian Cookie. <laughs> Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz, and then DC versus Stipe Miocic. All these fights were all. I mean, seriously. All of them, I think, were, you know, these fight of the year type fights. All of them. Even the Nate Diaz fight, that one you could even say out of all three of those, that was the least. But it was a great fight because of the matchup and, you know, the result and and how it all unfolded. But with Yoel Romero and Paulo Costo, uh, you know, the decision was a little controversial, apparently. Because then I look at some of the people like the pros reactions and a, a lot of people actually thought Yoel won that fight. I, you know, and I, like I told you, like I went into this bias cause I don't really like the guy and I can't really put my finger on why. So it's just, it's maybe it's ignorance, but like I, I went into this hoping that Costa would pull out the win, but I have Romero slightly up. And I think that it's because he, he had a lot more output and they said that this is what I'm kind of conflicted on it, though, because they said he landed the more significant strikes, and I just didn't see it that way. And I thought Costa, especially, man, in that last round, and he was just destroying Cookie Monster's body, man. Just He was just yeah. going at it. But, yeah. you know, again, there's probably a lot of bias in there. But yeah. I, I did have Romero slightly up. I would love to revisit it just because, you know, I you see it one time and this is my impression off of the the one time I saw it. You know, the first yeah. time you saw see it. You, you, I always like to watch it at least one or two other times so I could break each round down. The very first round to me, I could see Costa kind of coming away with it, but I think that's what um had some people maybe a little confused in the sense of like that's where the the split was so i thought yoel could have won that round but it probably went to costa because he was moving forward and i think towards the end of the round he kind of started to steal the round 
But Yoel, I thought he was doing a crazy good job of beating this dude while moving backwards um, in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, the second yeah, round. He was I, doing a lot of good things. Yeah. For I, being 42, man, and having the, still having that fast twitch muscle and, like, just reaction time that he has, like, talk about a nightmare of a human being to have in front of you know? Yeah. No, that's in, it is crazy. Well, that's why I root for him. I root I root for him because he's just this old dude that although I I don't like him because he makes me feel fat and disgusting cuz we're the same age <laughs> and I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah. dang it." But uh <laughs> but I mean it it's crazy. I thought he did some really good kind of interesting stuff like you could see why Yoel has done so well in in the UFC and in his career, because even at this age, he's unpredictable and you don't know where, you know what I mean? He's the way he throws his strikes and like he was doing that, like, Oh, you hurt me and started leaning back and then he'll pop off and, and catch him. You know, the third round, I thought he won. So if somebody gave him the first and, and the third, that's where, you know, I could see the first maybe being scored for him. I thought the second round he lost. But the first and the third, the first was questionable. The third to me was Yoel's round. Even though he got caught with some body shots and everything, I thought he landed more shots and more, you know, harder shots or whatever you want to call it. I thought yeah. he won the third. But overall, like, I, I, I thought he was down. I thought he was down um, possibly two rounds going into the third. So I, I thought he had to definitely seal the deal in the third. And there was a moment where he, like, kind of – took a break and it just drove me insane and baffled me. Yeah. And he, he didn't really yeah. try to take him down either. Not much, not much. The few times he, he was stuck pretty well. So maybe he felt, maybe he was, you know, it's different being in there. So maybe he felt yeah. something from Costa. He said, oh, okay, this is, this, you know, he yeah. felt his strength or his, his counterbalance or something like that. And it threw him off. Just a quick correction real quick. Uh, I think we said that Yusuf and, Benitez were 135. They're those are they're 145ers. Oh, 145. Yeah. Um, but still, like it, that. That's uh, one of my favorite weight classes to watch. You know. Oh yeah, one 145. Except that it, the yeah. champion is freaking. Yeah. Uh, he's so hard um, to to like nowadays. Sahudo, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, no, wait, um, no. He's 25, 35. These guys are 45. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, Max Holloway. Oh, we're tripping. Yeah, anyway. Holloway, and and okay, going. So he's, he's more likable. Yeah. Um, well, there was one more thing that I wanted to say about the Yoel Romero and Costa fight. Like, you know, Yoel just, he just is, I mean, and you have to think, like, what would that fight have been like had it gone two more rounds? Because Yoel's yeah. been in five round fights. You know, he's right. coming off some five-round fights. I'm, I'm really – it makes you also think, you know, this is, again, you know, Costa's trying to go after Israel Adesanya and Whitaker. What do you what do you think that matchup is going to be like? Right. You know, I, I still think that he's got a ways to go. You know, like – I mean, he did well. Like, I, like you know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about how he just – he never really backed up. He stayed in, he stayed in a monster's face the whole time, not worrying about, you know, the damage that he might receive. He was more worried about his own game plan. And to me, that, that said a lot. But is that game plan going to work against 
you know, these more dynamic guys, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, though, you know, of course, it's so easy to say this outside of the cage, sitting there, sipping on your beer, looking at these two freaking monsters go at it like their lives depend on it. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I uh, one, I, I wonder what's the status on Yoel's, uh, you know, $62 million lawsuit. That's why I call him El Millonario. But, uh, <laughs> but it's like... And I know the weight classes are entirely different, so maybe this is... But I really don't think it matters. Um, you know, I, I always talk about Frankie Edgar because I think the things he would do as a smaller opponent um, really helps him win fights. And yeah. if Yoel... Like, how come... Like, I wish I could ask him that. Like, how, how come you didn't try to threaten the takedown a little more like when Frankie goes for that front leg and as soon as the person starts to defend it he just pops up and starts going for um strikes which I feel like Yoel did like one time but if you can set the tone of that it makes Costa a little hesitant on his strikes because the takedown might come and then it, it it allows you to be more free with your your boxing because you're, yeah. they don't know when you're going to drop for a single or a double. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. you know, which which almost leads us to the Nate Diaz fight because I feel like that's what he does well. Mm-hmm. Like he, he lulls you into a striking match and then with Anthony Pettis, it's like then he goes straight into that clinch game. But, he, uh, he did something that I've seen him do before in this fight where it looks like he's tired, right? Well, and he slows down. Which is which is something I guarantee you he, he got from a good boxing coach, right? Yeah. Um, I can't I can't remember the name of his boxing coach, but he's been with him forever. But it's just like you said, like where they they start to lull you to sleep, like they change the tempo, and he looked tired, and then he he let Pettis make a mistake, and then he just started turning it on. Yeah. You know, and it's like man, he was he that was that was on purpose. You I feel I mean? like Yoel did the same thing. You know, Yoel's doing this rope-a-dope, and he purposely looked, made himself look like he was hurt. And then he comes off and lands some major shots on um, Paulo Costa. I, I, he did that in the third, I know that for sure. And, um, you know, I think sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But it was a great fight, man. Those guys, yeah. that was a crazy fight. Like, you see a fight like that, and you those guys are scary to deal with. It's so... I'm, so curious, you know, I know you already had, he had two fights with Whitaker, didn't he? Uh, I oh. think so. And, um, Did he? I don't know if it was two, but I know he fought Whitaker. Let's, let's check on that real quick. So I know he fought for the title, it was five round, and he lost a decision. Yeah, so. Yeah, he, he um, fought, he fought, um, Rockhold. And knock Rockhold out. Yes. He did fight Whitaker twice. Thank you. That's crazy. Um, He he knocked out he he beat look at this dude, man. So his last couple fights he fights Tavares, unanimous decision. KOs Tim Kennedy, KOs Machida. Uh ah, man, and one of my all time favorites, I love Jacare, but he Gets a decision on Jacare, knocks out Chris Weidman, uh, 
loses a decision to Whitaker, which shows you what kind of a monster Whitaker is. Um, KOs Rockholt loses another crazy. I remember, I don't know which fight was crazier, the first fight or the second fight against Whitaker. And now he, uh, a controversial or at least questionable. I, if they made it a draw, I would have been cool with it. Uh, yeah. The Romero Costa fight. So it was it was really good fight. I mean that fight really, like saying oh it was a really good fight. That was a crazy epic fight. It was an epic battle, man. That was it was crazy. I think crazy. also one of the things um, we might have beaten the Costa and Romero fight to death, but um, I think one of the things that I always want to see in a fighter, whether I'm coaching or what, but it's like if you get tired, like. You know, you know, go out on your shield, and I think Romero. I think he was getting tired at one point in there, and when he just started, like, I mean, utilizing that jab. Yeah, man, beautifully. And just like, hey, man, I'm tired. Stay the fuck away from me. I just wish he would have started that way. Like, why do they? You know, a jab should not be used when you're tired. It should be the how you start it that should be the starting point of your fight you know what i mean like you should i I mean there has to be something in like the conventional wisdom of coaches in in mma because what i think you know you you have a few people like frankie edgar that use their jab pretty well and then you know it was it was saint pierre that showed you know how effective a jab could be in an mma fight you know and I think didn't he broke Koscheck's orbital with jabs, like just straight jabs, you know? Yeah. So I don't understand. I mean, I'd like to get with some of the coaches and be like, hey, why don't uh, – is it just that there's there's too many options or – no, there's not. No, I, I, I honestly, I think it's also the fighter. It's like you, you, you've trained people and I train people. And uh, I think there's sometimes it's like, look, man, I mean – I mean, Yoel was sitting there with his hands down and his mouth wide open. That was crazy. Like, what are you doing? How how did Costa not like? I would, I would literally try to catch him with his mouth open to break his jaw. So you have to, yeah. if you're gonna fight the re- if you're gonna go three rounds with me, well, you're gonna go three rounds with a broken jaw. Do not leave your mouth open like that. It's crazy. It's crazy. It doesn't even make sense to me. You know, unless your nose is broken. But even then, you you can, you should have, I mean, you should have one of those mouthpieces that you can breathe while, like, if you have a broken nose, you can't breathe through your nose. You can breathe through your mouth while your teeth are together. Like, I have a real cheap one that allows me to breathe through my mouth while my teeth are together. Yeah. But, you know. You know, that was only um, Costa's sixth fight in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, I think... um, I think, you know, he could easily probably, not easily, but I think, you know, he he definitely has the power and the ability and the, the, you know, you know, the skill to knock out Whitaker or Adesanya, but I don't think he's going to land that punch. Like, I don't think, I think Israel Adesanya is going to pick him apart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if I thought you were losing a striking battle to Yoel Romero, a guy who's walking around with his arms down, and I think Israel's going to be way too slick 
Way too slick. Israel's going to run circles around that dude. I think Israel yeah. wins the belt coming up. And that, that yeah, fight, we do the campa- companion. We can't, I'm not going to miss that one. But, um, yeah. but yeah, that, I, I think uh, Paulo Costa loses to probably both of those guys. The only thing with Whitaker is I think um, if I was going to bet against him, I just think that uh, he's been through a lot of wars, and that's probably why he's been out so long. Is kind of like Cain Velasquez, like he's just got that injury bug, and you know it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how that turns out. Um, Now to probably my main event. I mean, I was excited about both of these fights, but Nate Diaz versus Anthony Pettis was really exciting. You got Anthony Pettis who moved up to 170 recently and knocked out. Uh, Wonderboy Thompson, who's already fought for the belt two times. Anthony Pettis comes up from 155, goes to 170, and knocks out uh, another, you know, very slick, creative striker. Um, looking great. He fought um, Tony Ferguson. Um, lost that decision, but I thought, I mean, lost that fight mostly to, like, cuts and stuff, right? Yeah. But it was... But I thought he was doing real good until he wasn't doing really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I thought he was doing really good. And then, you know, I think they had – I feel like I'm confusing that one with the um, Cowboy fight because Cowboy had to get yeah. stopped because of the broken nose and his eyes started to swell. Yeah, this was a TKO. Right. But I remember he, he did get TKO'd by um, Ferguson. But I remember it was like um, some cuts that – wouldn't allow him to continue. But anyway, regardless of that, an amazing fighter, former champion, they 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 start going at it. And um, how did you feel about the fight? You know, I think uh, maybe it's, it's hard to say, like, because you could tell right away that Pettis in that first round injured his foot, you know? Yeah. Um, well, maybe not. I don't think he did it right away. I don't, I don't know the exact minute and that he did it, but, um, you know, he's one of those guys that relies heavily on traditional martial arts, or at least using traditional martial arts into MMA, you know. So when you take something away uh, that's not only, you know, affects your mobility, but how you're going to, you know, how you plan to set up your strikes and stuff like that, you know, I think that completely alters the entire game, you know? Yeah. Um, but having said that, man, like, I, I, I just kind of pictured Nate Diaz. I was iffy about it. I, you know, I thought, I posted something like, you know, is Nate Diaz just going to beat the shit out of him or is Pettis going to be able to uh, out-finesse Diaz, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Diaz, it's not like it was luck. Diaz checked that kick, Yeah. you know? And what happens a lot of times is even if you don't break your shit, you hurt your shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just what happened, man. So, and then, you know, I, I'm probably jumping ahead too far, but, you know, there was a lot of question about, oh, whose jujitsu is going to be better? It's black belt versus black belt. Well, when it came to the ground, man, I think Nate, you know, I, not to take anything away from Pettis because he scrambled, he had a lot of No, good, he, he did a lot of good stuff. stuff but... Like that, but Diaz, his jujitsu just looked a little superior. To no, you, you could see it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, 
everybody knows Pettis is no slouch on the ground, and I think that was what was so compelling about this fight is both of them are, you know, excellent strikers. Diaz is a, a, a guy who has set records of out punch, um, output, punch output um, in fights before, and then going in there with uh, Anthony Pettis, you're just kind of curious. Well, like you said, is he going to out-finesse uh, Nate Diaz? Because Nate Diaz one thing about Nadia's style is like it's it's you know what he's gonna do you just yeah. can't stop the train you know what I mean it's like right. you know what's gonna happen and you know you can say that about a lot of people like Colby Covington Usman you could say that about Woodley but I still think that he's still more dynamic than they are because yeah. all three of those guys are high pressure um, they, they, uh, you know, Colby did a lot of punch output in his last fight, um, which was a weird fight. I don't like calling fixes and stuff like that, but that was a weird fight. Um, but all those guys are pretty, com uh, pretty, um, predictable. You know, they're, yeah. they're wrestlers, they're grapplers right. and all of them look good. You know, you could say, yeah, but you know, uh, Woodley, you know, his, I mean, people have literally talked about his striking. I always thought Tyrone Woodley's striking is horrible. And he's definitely one of those people, like, it's not like his striking is horrible. It's like, who did his striking look good against? Yeah. The only one out, about. Uh, Woodley. Yeah. But now you look at Kobe Covington. He's the only one I'd give credit to because I do think that um, Robbie Lawler is a great striker as well. But Nate Diaz comes in, and even though he's pretty predictable, I think he's more dynamic in that he's got an excellent ground game, excellent jujitsu, excellent boxing. And, man, do not get in his face. His clinch work and his, you know, fighting in the pocket is ridiculous. Like, I don't think this dude gets enough credit for that. Maybe he does, but yeah. he does not get enough credit for his his dirty boxing and his clinch work up against the cage. Like, that's where he messes you up, and that's where he forces nine, nine, 90% of the people that he fights against, he forces them to try and take him down, which is a horrible decision. It's yeah. just bad news. Great fight, man. Man. But, you know, I think one of the things... Um, that you saw like during the weigh-ins and stuff like that, which is so much bigger. Diaz was than, than Pettis, you know? Yeah. And that place, you know, I, I saw like a post-fight interview and they, they asked him about, you know, his clinch game and stuff like that. And he said that he never trained. He didn't, not in one training camp did he train to like put Pettis up against the cage, you know? And he said it just kind of took him there. And he said, my game plan was to go out there and, kick him in his face yeah. he goes but that didn't that didn't happen he goes and then he's like I just kind of took the fight you know where I wanted it to and uh, so I mean I guess it's just to, to say you know he, he said something you know it, it's hard to uh, to paraphrase him to paraphrase the Diaz brothers a lot of times but he said something about you know I trained for something specific he goes and I but I just figured that when we got in there we were just going to fight he goes and if I could mix Mix what I trained with me just making it a fight, then I'd be okay. You know? Yeah. Which is crazy. I'd like to be in the Diaz brothers' minds to know exactly what they mean by things like that sometimes. You know what I mean? 
Like, we, I get it. You're coming to fight. So what do you mean by you're going to turn this into a fight? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I think I it's because, yeah, I think it like, I swear it's like, I, I was listening to some of his press conference and I was like, can they hire me to be like a Diaz translator? Like, I want to, like, kind of like the way Key and Peele did that Obama, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I want to be there. And after he says all this stuff, and be like, well, basically what he's trying to say is he trained a lot of different dr- drills in training camp. This is what I gathered from it. It was like, he's training to do these different things where he's going to, you know, kick you in the head i got my high kicks down man we worked so many high kicks we did all that but you know what i i when he says oh i come in here to fight he's gonna get in your face put you up against the the cage and knee you in your quads which i love that he does that and it, again it's one of those like you know what he's gonna do he's gonna yeah. pin you up against the cage you know um wrist control smash you in the the quads with his knees uh then do a small break, uppercut, uppercut, go back to that. Then he took his back, you know, uh, Anthony Pettis swings, he ducks under, takes his back, it goes to the ground, they get back up. Like, it just becomes this loop. Like, I'm just going to keep pressuring you. Um, I'm going to pin you up against the cage, which nullifies all the finesse that Anthony Pettis may have had left in him. You know, it nullifies all that, you know. Now, going up against people like, you know, Colby and Usman and that, that's where the problem ensues. Is he going to be able to out-wrestle them? You know, he's a jiu-jitsu guy, not a wrestler. So that's going to be interesting. But that's what I think he, 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 he has all these ideas in training camp, works on all these things, but he goes to what kind of gets it done. You know, he's, he's not a game plan kind of person. You know what I mean? The Not game. only that, but I think, like, you know, when you watch Nate Diaz, you know, which well, I think he's a, he is maybe a little bit more uh, versatile than his brother, right? Because with Nick, you know, you're going to get good jiu-jitsu. He, he's almost a carbon copy of Nick. but It's but weird. Has, it's hard to say, yeah. Yeah, Nate, Nate has, I think, a few more... Uh, like he's he's a little more well-rounded, you know. If that, if you can say that, you know. But like he like you know he said I my plan was to go out there and kick him in the face. Well, I have no doubt about that. Like I'm sure Nate has thrown way more kicks than, than Nick, you know. Um, yeah. But it's, he's one of those people that when you watch, like you wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be afraid to get in and spar with Nick Diaz. But it's because he has that style that you're like you don't your eye can't catch exactly all the little idiosyncratic things that he's doing. Because I guarantee you, that would be your first mistake, right, with me saying, like, I wouldn't be afraid to get in there and spar with him, right? It's because once you get in there, you still, your eyes still not seeing all the little things that he's doing. And then before you know it, you're just getting peppered. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then clinched. And then kneed in your quad. And then you're out, and he's slapping you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... It, it, it's it's one of those things where you watch it and you're like, man, this guy's kind of slow. He's kind of sloppy. But the thing is, uh, he all that that doesn't matter when he's touching you. you know? Right. 
Well, that's what I think is going to be interesting, you know, going forward. I don't think, well, one, he's not calling out Colby Covington. He's calling out Jorge Masvidal. He's not calling out, you know, Conor McGregor. Um, and I love his reasoning behind it. He he acted like he didn't know who Colby Covington was yeah. when they asked yeah. him about him. And his reasoning behind Jorge Masvidal is like, well, because he's been in the game as long. Like, he almost is calling him out because he's helping him out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was yeah. one of the most respectful call-outs in the sense, like, you've I've heard people call other people out, like, oh, you know, I, I, he would be a great cha- champion. He's one of the greatest in the world and all this. And and uh, Nate's more like, nah, man, I don't even care about these champions. Been here for, like, two weeks, and then all of a sudden you got a little hype train behind you. Who cares? Yeah. I'm not, I don't want your belt. I, I want... I want to fight the guy who's been in it as long as me and is still in it and doing great right. things. He goes, he just did that, and I just did this, right? He just knocked out somebody who's supposed to be amazing, um, Ben Askren, in five seconds. I just knocked out or, you know, just beat a guy who moved up in a weight class and knocked out a top ten contender. And yeah. And we've been doing it since way before – those guys right you know like those guys seen us doing it so so why aren't we in the big show because we're the real you know martial artists in here and i i I appreciate that i think it's it's true it's like you know there's some people that have been doing it for so long look at anderson silva like you know he's he's had a, a fight as recent was it in this year yeah yeah you know what i mean and it's like that dude's been around for so freaking long and done so many great things in the UFC, and he's still here. You know, those those people are amazing. I mean, GSP, you know, he's retired, but he recently came back and said, how long has he been gone? And wins a belt and then says, ah, I'm out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just jumps in, yeah. double dutches his way in, gets a belt and bounces. So it is amazing, and I think it's a great matchup. And honestly, like, um, I could see Diaz you know, winning that, I, I call Diaz for that, but, you know, Jorge Masvidal, man, he's a he's a dark horse, man. Like, yeah. do not get it confused. That dude, game bread. I would, I would have an easier time counting Pettis out. Like, had this fight not happened. Yeah. Like, who do you think's a tougher match, Pettis or Masvidal? Oh, for sure, Masvidal. You know, like, that's, that's one of those where I'd say, man, I can't pick, like, I feel like Masvidal has what it takes to to finish Diaz. Yeah. And I was watching um, Masvidal and Anthony Pettis actually have an exhibition online, um, a grappling exhibition. And I I don't know if I saw the whole thing, for, for but for the most part, I felt like Masvidal had the upper hand. Yeah. You know, so his grappling was, yeah, I think his grappling is legit. You know what I mean? So you're going to, um, I think it's going to be interesting. You know what, like, is weird to me is I just, I can't think of a single highlight in my head, and that's not to say that there aren't any, of, like, a person like Colby Covington. Like, I couldn't, if somebody would ask, like, why is this guy so popular? Why is he, like, I don't, I can't, I don't know why. Like, what, why? Like, I understand why Nate Diaz is popular. It's because Nate Diaz, in his fight before Pettis, made $10 million, right? 
And yeah. then he comes in there and he's still like, hey, I don't care about the hype trains. I want to fight somebody like Masvidal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he still cares about the the interesting fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you look at these Coving the Covington and you know the are up there in rank, you know. Yeah, they're they're up there because I mean, for for real reasons, they're winning, they're winning. Sure. And and you can't discount that. Like, I can't yeah. discount. I I do not like Colby Covington. Um, I did a I don't I think it was like a twenty minute podcast, literally probably just talking smack about Colby Covington. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's well documented. I'm not a fan of, but I also said on the same podcast, I was like, I. You know, he what he's doing is undeniable. I just I'm not interested in it. it it's not compelling yeah. to me. Just like Ben Askren, like you were undefeated, and you know because no one defeated you. But I I'm not interested in watching a Ben Askren fight. It, it became yeah. compelling when you came to the UFC because we wanted to see who you were going to be able to match up with. And in your and first it fight. Like it took such a- it seemed like it took such a long time. A crazy long he time. He was doing good things outside of the UFC. Yeah. You know, that's always intriguing. Like, well, what happens when you bring him in? Yeah. Well, well honestly, yeah. And in, yeah, and in, sorry to cut you off, but in his defense, I, I, I wish they would have brought him in back in the day so that we could have seen him a little more in his prime. You know what I mean? You see yeah. him walking into the cage. He does not look like uh, a seasoned athlete. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <sighs> He right. looks, I don't even know what that guy, that guy looks like a cartoon character. It's so crazy. Most of these fighters wow. do, but he looks crazy yeah. as hell. <laughs> he does. So, the main event yeah, of the man. evening. It's, that one was. Stipe versus Daniel Cormier. And yeah. I, I called it from, I called it, and I, for no other reason than I just kind of figured that, you know, Stipe is the first one to hold four title defenses yeah. in the heavyweight division, division, which, I mean, it sounds crazy if you were to tell somebody that wasn't a fight fan. Yeah, that is Oh, crazy. yeah, he's, he, he holds the record. Uh, how many times? Four. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, that sounds ridiculous. But that's just one of those weight classes, man, where they, all they have to do is touch you at the right angle. Not even the right angle. All they have to do is touch you and he goes, he goes yeah. to you, you know? It's a, it's so a I just kind of figured... Stipe's a pretty smart dude, man, so I figured he'd probably make the right corrections, and, you know, on top of that, he has the power to put Cormier to sleep, you know, which, this this was Cormier's first heavyweight loss, right? Um, yes, that's exactly right. He's never yeah. lost at heavyweight. He has never lost at heavyweight. This is the first heavyweight loss by, you know, arguably the greatest heavyweight to ever do it. But yeah. let's put it this way. Um, I agree with everything you said. I think, you know, I think uh, um, the heavyweight division is so freaking dangerous for you to defend it four times in the UFC is a tremendous feat. And then for you to come back after a loss is always the mark of a true champion. And now we're going to have to. I So, man, D.C., I don't care if he fights anybody again, and I don't care if he even wins this this rematch, but they need to do the trilogy. It has to be done. Whoever's in yeah. his camp has to say, DC, man, nobody, that fight you just lost, ain't nobody mad at you. Like, we can't, right. he was winning that fight. The whole He was winning the whole fight. 
He was yeah. he, to me if if he hadn't gotten knocked out and if this went five rounds and it looked even if he lost the five round definitive fifth round definitively, I think DC would have walked away with a clear uh, decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was just winning. He was winning pretty easily. I thought he was ahead. Um, if we're if we're counting. You know, let's, I mean, just the fourth round itself, I think he was winning the fourth round too until he stopped winning the fourth round. And yeah. it was because uh, what's-his-name went to the body. It was those body shots, man. Those body shots started taking it out of D.C., I think. And D.C. said, well, yeah. I, didn't see, I didn't see that one too. I didn't see his right hand. And it's like, you know, I think you started thinking about the body and then you missed the two. And it's so simple. It's so simple, yeah. you know. It's boxing. I, I guess that's another thing that I guess I don't know. If, I just I want to see more boxing come into MMA, and I, you know, to kind of answer my own question earlier about why we don't see more of the jab, I think it goes back to like something that Dia said about you know we we joked earlier about him saying like, man, I, I just you know I felt rushed because. 15 minutes isn't a long time to fight, which you're crazy, but I, I understand what he means. But I think, you know, the jab is something that you can play over the long game. You know, you can, yeah. you can play the jab pretty well over the long game. So maybe that's why, they, you know, it's like even 25 minutes of five-minute rounds, like, you know, it, it may not, to them, it may not seem like it, enough to, to set up a good jab game. But I think maybe the same can be said about the body shots, man, because from what Costa, we saw from Costa and then Stipe in the same night, man, like, there's plenty of time to work that body. Yeah, I think it's... Itself, it, it pays dividends, man. Yeah, I think, you know, I think if there's anything to say, well, how come we're not seeing that? I think it's more, more because there's so much to do or so much you can do in... in um, in MMA, so you know you're you're worrying about takedowns, low leg, you know calf kicks, quad kicks, body shots, yeah. you know uh, kicks to the to the ribs, teeps, you know front kicks to the face, you know, and then even when you're blocking kicks properly, you know that that hurts. You know what yeah. I mean? It, if I if I throw a kick to someone's quad and they check the kick, not only is it hurting me, it's hurting them. You know, where it yeah. just hurts less to check a kick than it does to take it straight to the quad. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you throw a high kick and I block it with my arms and gloves, that still hurts just way less than if I took it straight to the head. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. you're you're still wearing you you know, uh an ass whooping, it's just the lesser of two evils. So how do, what does that mean? That means, well, when, if I'm going for the body and you have to get an up close game. Now, when you go for an up close game, you're, you're getting closer to, um, clinch work. Clinch work means now I'm defending takedowns. Is it worth me going to the body? Maybe, you know, maybe those are the, the ideas, but then you think of Nate Diaz. And I think Diaz and I don't, I don't think he's like the only person, but he comes to mind when you see him like in that clinch and he starts yeah. throwing the body shots. Him and his brother yeah. do that. And, you know, you don't right. see them fight so often, so you forget that. But why is it? It's the same reason uh, Anderson was 
so free to throw his kicks. Um, you know, even GSP with what he was able to do. But it's because their ground game is great. When you have yeah. a great ground game, you can go in and throw body shots. You could throw whatever you want. Because when you take me to the ground, I don't care if I have a clinch. Nate don't care if we do clinch work. Nate doesn't care if we go to the ground. None of that's going to matter. So You know what's great about Nate's ground game, too, is that it's never changed from... Because I, I think we see a lot of uh, MMA jiu-jitsu now, right? But Nate's ground game has never changed from, like, competitive jiu-jitsu, you know? Which, to me, is like a testament to, to the art, you know? Like, he's been able to keep it, you know more of like what you'd see in competition. He moves slow, he moves deliberate. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he doesn't, he, he rarely forces anything. He, you see him set things up beautifully. Like if you're going to move this way, he doesn't fight it. You know yeah. what I mean? But you see, I see a lot of guys nowadays, it, it's not sloppy, they've just adapted it to the, you know, to the speed of MMA. Yeah. But, you know, it, a lot of it, it just isn't pretty. You know, it's not, it's not pretty. To well, me, when you're doing jiu-jitsu right, it's fucking, it's beautiful. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's like, I think it's, it's because of his level of jiu-jitsu. So, you know, when, when you roll with somebody and, um, you could even say, well, when they're at the same, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to explain, like, cause there's, I remember like white belts, there's usually like this crazy scramble. It's just like, you know, all, you know, chaos. And, and you could see that, Every now and then, the same thing when I was a white belt. It's like you could see, like, every now and then they're doing some things that are all right, but mostly doing things that are wrong. But then, even if you're, you know, a white belt or a blue belt and you start rolling with guys that are are higher level, like, I'll roll if I roll with someone that's a you know, lower level of jujitsu. They're very fast and chaotic, and then the the guys that are higher level, they're very slow and deliberate, and right. and it becomes uh, who's going to make the first mistake, and right. they rarely fight against what you move, especially black belts. Black belts rarely fight against what you're trying to do. They just let you go because they, whatever position they are in or whatever position you are in, they have five or more options. There's right. never not an option. One thing is yeah. just a drill that I've done so many times to get to something else or back yeah. to where I want and you and to be just, anyway. It's just it's, a seamless movement. Right, and it's just being relaxed now. Like, yeah. I've been, I've been on this mat, or I've been in this position a thousand times, and like even if you're in the dominant position, it's like, there's what's the rush? Like... I'm here. There's not, if you, even if you do try to escape, like I, I'm going to, I'm going to know which way you're going there. You know what I mean? Like you start, you start feeling it in your, in your body versus like, you know, drilling a jab a thousand times. You, you just know like, okay, well, if he moves this way, it's no big deal. Or, you know, as long as I have him in this position, he's not going to move. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can take your time and let them start kind of making the mistakes themselves you know all right so let's sum this up we got we're running at about 45 minutes here so let's sum this up we got uh yoel romero losing what's next for him why doesn't he go and uh beat up john jones 
huh? Why does he yeah. do that? <laughs> I don't know if he can do that. But uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> simply put, just go beat up John Jones. What are you waiting for, man? But it's like, where does he go next? Because he has beaten everybody. Um, I mean, not everybody, but everybody that matters. He's already fought Jacare, Weidman, um, Whitaker twice. Luke Rockholt's now gone up and just got knocked out at 185. Um, and then he just beat this Costa guy. So where's he going next? And Costa's obviously waiting for Whitaker and um, uh, Israel. And I think he loses. I think he loses yeah. to Israel and beats Whitaker. If Whitaker, you know what I mean? Like, let's say winner. Right. If Whitaker wins, I think he could beat Whitaker. I think he loses to Israel if Whitaker somehow beats Israel. Yeah, I agree with that. You know what I mean? But I don't know what's next for um, Yoel except maybe moving up. Oh, which brings me to this other topic that we didn't cover at all. How the fuck are those guys 185 pounds? I know. That is the most insane shit. I cannot believe. Well, These why, you know, two looking, dudes make I'm weight. Looking at Brunson and the other guy. Yeah, you, know, you thought they I were heavyweights. I think I, I think I said heavyweight. You Yo, know, I, I probably meant light heavyweight. Yo, they're just, like they're fucking huge. Can Yoel Romero and DC fight? Wouldn't that be so <laughs> fucking amazing? You know Yoel can make that heavyweight. You know Yoel is a heavyweight yeah. man. Oh, and even sure. and even if he wasn't, how how much did DC weigh? Didn't they both come in pretty light? They both came in at like two, 240s? They both, like 235, 235? Oh my God, Yoel could easily deal with a 235-pound wrestler. Yeah. Come on, think about that fight. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, I think it'd be DC, but honestly, they're only two years apart. They're both in yeah. their 40s. Someone make that. Can we just make that happen already? <laughs> Talk about dream fights. So I feel like that's what Nate right, is kind of trying to do. Yeah, know? just not just like, make the hey, fights we want to see. Don't don't worry. I don't care about the UFC. Doesn't care about the rankings. I don't either. All right. Uh, um, go ahead. So I just wanted to mention John Jones, and in mentioning John Jones, this is a weird segue, but I'd like to say, fuck Conor McGregor. Yeah. Just, when he first came in, I, I liked it. He got me hyped about the UFC again. He was doing things, everything that he said he would do. They started calling him Mystic Mac. It was intriguing. But he just punched an old man in a bar. I know. Like, why? Like, that. to me, that's the opposite of martial arts. Like, dude, you have over $100 million. You were the first two-time or dual champion in the UFC. Like, where the fuck is the calm? When does that come in? To me, that sh- that shows me that he's not—he's not, he's not martial-minded. Yeah, I mean? yeah. It it doesn't make any sense. Of yeah. course, he's, it doesn't make any sense. And and I've always said he's just a a, a big guy in a, a a small division. And just like John Jones, I think he's a big guy in a in a, a, a division that's smaller than his. And yeah. and that's that's all there is to it. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of his and not to like kind of skirt over that because we can I, I think those are things we need to cover in sucker punch of the week which Conor McGregor deserves to get sucker punch of the week because yeah. he sucker punched somebody like an idiot 
What's yeah. next for Anthony Pettis? What's next for an Nate Diaz? An old guy. An old, an old guy. Old dude. I, I love the, the club, the, the bar owner's response that they, they had them uh, pouring out bottles of proper 12. Yeah, and it was over some shots and stuff. We yeah, definitely have guy, to cover that, man. The old man said, he's like, I'd rather, what do you say? I'm not going to drink that piss or that shit or something like that. Like, <laughs> did you, like, okay, like, move on. Like, he's not talking about you, Connor. Well, it doesn't. He's talking about whiskey that you made let, you know let me I mean? yeah let's put it into and this is why you know what we're gonna cover that because it's it's also like yeah he was being disrespectful so what you know what i mean yeah. he's he's an elderly man literally like he's in his 60s oh. leave him alone yeah let him say whatever he wants to say you don't have to hit him and um even if you did say oh you know what why don't we square up you, you freaking old man you think you're so tough how are you gonna hit him when he's not looking on a bar right. stool, you're literally a freaking athlete, a two division champ. Yeah. Like that's crazy, that's crazy. So, Nate Diaz is gonna fight um, Jorge Masvidal and Anthony Yo. Pettis. I don't know where he's going. Um, DC and Miocic. But I was gonna and say Miocic came in at two thirty. Yeah. DC and Miocic, we don't even have to speculate on what they need to do next. The only reason Miocic fights anybody else is if he wants to tell DC he has to wait. Um, Or if he he tells DC, well, you have to fight somebody else in order to get back at this belt, which I think he should not do and say, DC, you want to retire? Cool. Why don't you fight me one more time? Let's make a bunch of money. Then you could retire with two losses against me and then just give a little jab at the end. And, uh, and 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 make it a nice little sound bite, and then we could watch that fight. Um, but Anthony Pettis, I'm not sure what he does after this. Yeah, that's a hard one, man. Because he's, I, man, the last like 10, 11 fights, he's one loss, one loss, one loss. Yeah. Like he just he'll win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. And I mean, right. you know, to in his defense, it's against you know great fighters. You know, you can't be mad at it. It's like he's he's losing against. Um, this is in the. Man, this is in the. This is like, I don't know who he would go up against. Anthony Pettis. Uh, I can't see him against a Darren Till. Leon Edwards. No. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Leon Edwards would be good because it'd be a striking match. Um, yeah. Uh, because you know, basically, Jorge Masvidal and and um, which is crazy because Anthony Pettis is ranked number seven and he had one fight there um, against Thompson. There's Ponzinibbio, Damian Maya, Ben Askren, Robbie Lawler. Could you imagine a a, a Anthony Pettis Robbie Lawler fight? Yeah, that'd be awesome. A Neil Magny. Yeah, Lawler too would be much bigger than him, man. Yeah. This is one of those people that they need to create like a 165 pound division for. Yeah, they. I know. Even Nate Diaz, I think that would be his division. Well, is yeah. he cutting weight to 170? I doubt it. Yeah. Probably he didn't, not a lot. Yeah, he didn't look... I, I actually was worried about him at the beginning of the fight because he didn't look too, like... He looked lean and everything, but not like lean. 
you know, like when I look lean, I'm not ripped or anything. I just look thinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what he looked like. He didn't look ripped or anything. He just looked thinner. Like, yeah. I feel like I've seen him in better shape. You know? I just hope, man, that if, if him and Masvidal fight, we don't have to wait another three years. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, no, no. I honestly, dude, it's that's going to happen. Like, you know, uh, Diaz said, let's make that happen in the next month. But he, they're worried about this, and I'm okay with it. You know, look, I would like to see them fight as soon as possible. But Diaz and Masvidal, they want like, look, cut the check already. And and those yeah. guys make so much money. Cut the check already. We all want to see it. You're going to make your money back. You could pay these guys, and you're going to make your money back. We want to see it. We're going to – who's not going to pay for that? Right. Who's not going to pay for that? Come on, ESPN. Come on, UFC. Stop holding on to that money. Pay the bills. Let's go get this fight happening. I think with that said, Nate, I think we should um, definitely, I know you're, you're busy, bought a new house, you're, you're prepping and everything. Congratulations on that. But uh, let me know as soon as you can so we could do Sucker Punch of the Week. We missed out on all those, and I think there's a lot of good stories, one being uh, Conor McGregor and being a, a sucker that punched somebody. Yeah, Conor McGregor, the president of the United States, Talking shit. I haven't even. I've, all I've read is the headlines. And he's talking about buying like uh, Greenland or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Purchasing, yeah. and then uh, we have the bird shit cocaine incident. Yes, yes. There's a lot. And possibly the. And I just want to say this real quick. And I was waiting for somebody to post this, but we saw the black man being in handcuffs, being oh walked, roped back between two horses, yeah. two policemen on horse, and then somebody posted like, oh, well, here's a picture of a white guy being brought. I'm like, that's not the fucking point. Yeah. Like, the point is, it doesn't matter what fucking color you are. This isn't fucking 1830. You yeah. don't walk a criminal back between two horses, like, handcuffed and on ropes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and Call a squad car. Yeah. Call, call a fucking squad car and then take them back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. Anyways. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, everybody, um, I hope you like that. With that said, <laughs> I'm out.